Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting-edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. Hello, we are in for a very, very creative, entertaining conversation on today's podcast. My guest is, my guest is, and my guest is Chris uh, McCarroll, founding director of Allied Health Marketing. Welcome. Hello, Kathy. And just paint us the picture. Where, where are you right now? Well, I'm currently sitting in the back seat of my car. It's, um, one of those things in life where, Nothing goes to plan and, you know, you just need to find a solution very quickly. And the, the fastest way for me to get silence to, to sit here and chat with you today is in the back of my car. So here I am. Yeah. And one of the things that I love to do is, and I can't because I'm in Melbourne at the moment, is I love driving. And so if I ever want quiet or clarity or if I want to ever want to kind of detach or whatever COVID cliche I can come up with, mm. nothing thrills me more than a uh, bit of a zoom up the uh, zoom up the local freeway. And it's not unusual for me to just, you know, hit one of the later turnoffs and do a UE and just come back down and 40 minutes later, fresh as a daisy. Yep, I, I have to agree. I sometimes find myself just driving around aimlessly. I, I know I've got somewhere to go at the end, but I just I either take a really long way or I'm just processing and thinking as I'm driving. Um, funnily enough, if I need clarity, I will actually go to the noisiest place I can possibly find. Um, no way. Yeah, so I can often be found, well, I used to be able to be to be found uh, like at the back corner of a Mick Cafe somewhere um, with, you know, the playground behind me and the buttons of the deep fryer buzzing. And it just, for some reason, it almost slows my brain down enough. It puts it into overwhelm <laughs> so I can actually focus on what I need to focus on. Um, yeah, very, I'm sure there's studies around that, but very, very strange. And I found that worked for me. The first time I think I was uh, sitting in an airport waiting for waiting for a flight, and um, do you remember what those are? Flights? Yeah, just stop. Mm. Starting to cry right now. Yeah, um, and I got so much work done in the noisiest environment. I thought, well, this is really working for me, um, and mm. just kind of embraced it from there. I guess it's a form of white noise, and the creative mind, such as yours, perhaps needs all of the auditory distractions blocked out so that it can think visually. don't know. Mm. Yeah, don't know, but, um, yeah, I, I fully embrace it. Yeah. Mm. Now, speaking of this creative mind of yours, uh, tell us a little bit about Allied Health Marketing. So I, um, I started Allied Health Marketing uh, upside down, I think, in terms of how a lot of others enter the space. Um, I'm not a health professional and I think that gives me a unique perspective mm. on the industry. Um, I don't have the university um, thinking behind 
how I need to deliver a service. I'm just thinking about how I receive a service um, from a healthcare professional, um, which kind of gives me a, a unique uh, client insight. And I literally, I was asked to speak at a conference um, way back in 2014, I think it was, and I hadn't had any any behind the scenes experience with the allied health industry at all. I was working uh, for myself at that time already, but just doing branding and sponsorship and, and events management um, at a consulting level and saw this allied health space and um, got to know a few people within the space and just listening to their stories about what they were doing daily, the challenges that they had, um, the support they did not have and just thought, well, I've got the skills to be able to help, um, but also how do I help those who uh, don't currently even have a marketing budget? How do I help those who don't even know where mm-hmm. to begin? Um, and I think that's that kind of started me on the path of being able to support the, the big businesses, yes, but also being able to support the solo practitioners um, in a way that we can cost-effectively help them grow their business at a marketing level, um, which is quite unique. We're not, you know, any type of agency coach will will um, will completely disagree with my model, but we're about impacting and helping as many private practice clients um, and clinics as possible. Um, and if that means helping someone for $200 a month um, and we have to help 70 of those, um, I will get more out of that personally than helping one one client um, for the same price. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the the depth of knowledge that I get from working with so many as well, um, you know, they, we can all we can all help each other. So, um, I mean, get yeah, that's that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. What what is it about? allied health professionals that gets them a little icky and uncomfortable about marketing? Um, I'm sure you've noticed that. Oh, 100%. I think it's, I think it's built in from, from in, in university, but I also think it's, it's part of um, the caring nature of health professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, their job is to care and to fix and to maintain and to assist. it's not about, hey, look how good I am. And I think that's, you know, that's where the, the disconnect is between what marketing is perceived to be and what marketing can actually be. Um, you know, and obviously the restrictions in the healthcare uh, ecosystem actually help us in that respect. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah you, you can't go and say, this is how good I am. You have to, you have to, you know, get creative. Yeah, so often I hear, oh, but we can't do testimonials. I think you'd probably like a dollar for every time you've heard that, which I think is, um, whilst that is a different conversation about whether we should or shouldn't be able to use them, I think it's amazing. It really forces the creativity and the thinking out way, way, way broader um, and really gets you potentially messaging in a much more personal, um, authentic sort of way. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's... um I mean, I've had so many conversations around COVID and, and how do we, you know, market through and how do we communicate? Um, and at the end of the day, we're all humans. So how, 
how do we keep that human factor? And I think that's the biggest thing in, in healthcare marketing is, you know, keeping it at a human level because that's all we really, all we need. Um, take everything else away. Um, your authenticity just needs to, to shine through. Yeah, I got the, uh, I was going to ask you about marketing during COVID times. Um, I've sort of had, you know, if I think about what's come into my inbox and across my feed, it's been really interesting. Um, I think I've appeared on pretty much everyone's newsletter. You know, people that I might have just sort of, you know, sniffed the coffee going past. I found me somehow. Mm. And I think that's been really interesting. And I've just, I understand why they've put me on the newsletter. That's, I'm, I'm not particularly upset about that. I've just unsubscribed for those that I don't want to listen to. But, you know, there's been a lot more communication than ever before from people that I really want to hear from and people are don't even really know yeah and um reading over it some of it's been very friendly some of it's been checking in some of it's been desperate some of it's been really salesy and um the ones that i've stuck with are the ones that uh, are kind of sharing a bit about their personal story mm. and just keeping it quite honest and, and real um what what have you sort of been been seeing just if we focus on that newsletter approach what have you kind of seen over the last few months yeah, I mean, I think we're all in a bit of communication fatigue um, and, you know, we're all, I mean, at our level, I wouldn't even know how many pieces of communication that we've sent out um, and, you know, it's it's just trying to keep it, again, like you said, at a, an honest level because we're all, you can't spin a pandemic. You can't, you know, well, I mean, Trump's trying. I think there's a couple of governments out there giving it a red hot go. <laughs> there's a few that are trying to spin it. But here in our real world, we, we cannot spin, you know, a pandemic. So let's just be honest. Let's just be real and go, you know what? Mm. Like, this is, this is what it is. It's going to change daily. You know, if you're in Victoria, um, it might change at 11 o'clock at night, you know. So we, yeah, it you know, did gotta, last night. Sure did. And I just think like there's no handbook for this. So if you mm. can just communicate honestly and open um, and whenever you've got something that needs to be um, shared with your clients, um, share it with them in a way that, you know, there's no, you know, book now or, you know, all of those those types of um, communication strategies. It's just, you know, this is where we're up to. This is what's happening. This is what we can do, um, you know, stay home stay safe that's pretty much you know, what what else um it, it's almost unethical to be saying come for an appointment in victoria yeah yeah um yeah, yeah there's a lot of lines there now that um yeah we need to to put the health of the whole community um at the forefront mm, yeah if we sort of throw our thinking forward to later in 2020 what sort of messaging are you thinking will appear and be useful? Um, I think it will be, you know, if you're communicating now at a person-to-person, a -person, at a human level, um, that's going to come back around um, when when the time is right, when that is, I've got absolutely no idea. Um, but if you can keep that honest and open communication now and not be salesy or panicking or, you know, instilling yeah. fear. Um, Creating that's, drama. That's right. 
That's right. Um, I think that's where you know you'll you'll see that you'll see the benefits of that later um, mm. in building in building trust now and building your relationships now. Um, you're kind of setting yourself up for the future, and and when things do you know resurface and we can kind of get out and about and and start seeing people again. Yeah, yeah. What are um what are you kind of seeing that allied health businesses are putting out on their Facebook pages at the moment? Um, again, you know, so much COVID stuff. And if, if one tip for that is if you can deliver that in an infographic style, um, that's so yeah. much better because you can deliver key information very quickly um, and allow it to be shareable. So coming back to, you know, how do we market through COVID? create content that is meaningful and has a message um, that people can engage with quickly, then infographics at the moment um, uh, are performing really well in terms of, you know, keeping the brands and and businesses out there. Um, And, I mean, I just think social at the moment, if you can show what life is like in your clinic, um, that's the best thing you can be doing. Don't pretend that, you know, the photos that you took Last year in this beautiful setting and um, out know, for ama- lunch, amazing lighting. It's just not the reality. Um, so share the reality. That's that's what people are going to connect with because you know there's nothing worse than going. Oh my god, this person just has themselves together and they're so amazing and immaculate, and then arriving and then seeing this thunderstorm of symbolic. You know, <laughs> That's like a disconnect. So um, everything we try and do is to make sure that the experience online or wherever someone comes into contact with you actually matches the experience that they're going to get um, when they come and see you. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to quickly please explain what an infographic is to those who may be Googling it now as they're listening? Yeah, sure. It's a... um, It's simply a a graphic um, that has icons and keywords um so we're kind of using the methodology as you know an image um you know replaces a thousand words and mm-hmm. putting an image of a mask and then uh 1.5 meters and two arrows either side that ha- that has such a powerful message um very quickly without you having to write a paragraph so it's just yeah. a, a yeah. quick little graphic and do it in your your branding colors um and yeah, just have little icons and a few keywords to um, to get your message across really quickly. And that can be accompanied by some paragraph text as well in the in the post. But the images are are really powerful to post by themselves. Yeah, bit of a less is more approach. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, what I've enjoyed seeing uh, on Facebook for instance, is businesses who are kind of profiling their team in in their home environments. And um, I've met, you know, I've met people's pets. I've seen their backyards. I've seen them kind of singing songs and sharing their favourite books and doing all sorts of things. And it's really um, personalised, uh, you know, the, the relationships as such. But it's also brought it back to that, well, this is, you know, I'm still available. I'm still working. I'm working from home. This is my home environment. This is a little bit more uh, about me. 
there was a, a primary school that was down in Victoria, um, not far from where I live, that got into this incredibly quickly and through song, I can't remember the song, but all of the teachers um, kind of mimed part of the song from their home environments. And just within hours, this particular video went nuts, mm. absolutely nuts. But it was playful and it was introducing the kids to what they would be seeing in their kind of online learning environments. And it really brought the by all account, it really was highly effective in bringing the students and the the parents of the students along from the get go. This was this was March. This was mm. right back in the early days, and um, yeah. it was just perfect, absolutely perfect and simple, but well done. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key. You know, it's just keeping it simple, um, but you know, it's it's real life stuff. You know, it's mm. it's going to be messy sometimes, and it's going to be, especially at the moment. So, just you know, there's nothing you can do. You can't, you can't paint that that perfect Instagram mm. picture because um, it's just not, it's not real at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So, um, explain a little bit about um, a bit more specifically what you, what work you do with the allied health businesses that engage your services. So we work. Um, at a range of different levels, um, but our, our the main work that we do is um, within our private practice marketing, and that is um, something that we came to develop uh, after two years working with practices and just kind of finding out what they need um, at a baseline level and how we can help them to almost help themselves. So, what can we take away from them? Um, that we can work on and in consultation with them and we can deliver, you know, so they don't have to, to worry about, you know, oh my God, what Facebook post am I going to put up today? And it's like 11.58 at night and quickly trying to throw up a, an image that they found on Pinterest or something like that. Um, that they hope they just, can use. That's right. <laughs> and just post and hope for the best. Um, it's, um, yeah, we're just trying to, we, we set out to remove that 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 stress of, um, oh my God, I haven't done anything. Or, you know, if, um, if you've got plans and ideas that you want to do that just stay like that, they stay in your head and they don't actually happen. Um, you know, flick that off to us and then, and you know, we've got the team to make that happen. Um, so we, we developed a, a private practice marketing package, I suppose, um, that ticked three boxes and it's like social media, email communication. Um, so like an email newsletter as such. Um, and blog content and website updates. So that's our, our, our triangle that we, we work within, um, to be able to deliver, uh, marketing for private practice, um, at a level that, you know, we, we just keep things moving. It's just consistency. So we, we provide consistency. Um, and then that allows the, the practitioners to be able to kind of jump in and, and share a few real, um, photos and experiences and, and things like that throughout the day. Um, but knowing that if they don't do that, it's all still taken care of and, and the messages are still getting out there. So we actually, um, we find that email still works. Um, you know, us as marketers, we've, we've, we've killed emails. I think, um, we've, we've overdone it when it first, when it first came out, everything was about emails and discounts and, and all of these things. Um, 
but in healthcare, I, I still believe um, the email communication still has a massive, massive impact um, on just staying front of mind. That's that's all we're really looking for, um, and you know it allows people who have you know maybe been experiencing a problem or or something's popped up on their radar and they've just kind of forgotten about it, but then your email comes through and you know it prompts something in them and they go, okay all right well let's activate and let's action on this um we find that 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 works still really well and um obviously book content and um and website copy is super important it's um one of those things that we still get practices coming to us that don't have a website and that's still you know that's still a large a large percentage don't yeah for sure um yeah so you know it begs to think how are they being found and how much are they relying on a particular referral source? Um, and sometimes that scares me. Yeah, word of mouth is a mighty fine thing, but you just need uh, one or two referrers to retire or leave or fall in love with somebody else and um, boom, it can be literally an overnight uh, note of, yeah, impact, mm. impact. Yeah, so we um yeah, our role is to try and spread that out as much as we possibly yeah. can. Um yeah. Yeah, through a variety of different things. Yeah. Are you finding that some businesses have a Facebook only presence and that they haven't gone the website route because Facebook feels more doable, achievable, perhaps even a different or better investment? Yeah, I mean it's less confronting um mm. than having to worry about how to to change copy on a website or to update images and you know logging into the back end of a website for the first time can be quite overwhelming um when you aren't familiar with the system and you know it's just broken so many pages (laughs) i don't even know the login to my own website anymore for very good reason well that's probably a good thing yeah very hands off thing yeah Mm. i just think you know it's don't let her in (laughs) it can be it can be a lot it can be a lot to take in at the end of the day Mm. you know it's been you know you've been to to university and you've studied to be a health professional you haven't studied website development so it's how do you balance all of those things and as a startup you do you do it all yourself um which is totally fine to a point of um is it affecting your brand reputation um is it broken is it actually doing damage um because when people are finding you it looks like you're closed or you've got like a half done website that that looks like you lost interest halfway interest halfway through um and you know things are broken and contact forms aren't going through and you know there's all sorts of um different different things but um yeah it's just facebook i think when it first started a lot of businesses just ran a Facebook page. Um, we're still, you know, weeding that out. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, look, it's a challenge. Um, but once you, once you do get a website and you invest and, and see how it can work for you, um, it out, it outperforms Facebook 10 times. Really? Yeah. Oh, explain that a little more. So, please you and thank can, you. You can control so much more of the website experience yeah. than what you can on Facebook. Um, Facebook is a message that will get lost within two seconds of a scroll. 
Um, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it, to know that one or less percent of your followers mm-hmm. get your stuff? Yeah, they don't even see it. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, that's where you have to you have to get creative and and look at engaging content and content that actually people you know do want to give one of their likes to you know um or comment or or something like that and that that content is is what we're looking for at an organic level um but on the website you can you can tell a story you can um show people exactly what it's going to be like in the clinic and yes you can do that on facebook but it's really hard to be it's able transient to, yeah it's just mm. move so quickly um yeah, it's just the control that you have on a website um, and the ability to funnel people directly to the page that you want them to go to uh, is is super powerful as well. Mm. It's almost very, like you're putting the blinkers on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so blogs are still a thing or are people preferring to watch a video or listen to something? So... Yes. So to answer your question, yes, um, they're still a thing. However, it can be used in, you know, 20 plus different ways. And I think that's where you yeah. get the value. Um, so whether you do a video first, then turn that into a blog and then turn that into social and then turn that into, you know, a graphic or something like that, you can break it apart into so many different pieces that that one piece of content that you create can you know, be filtered over the next four months. Um, so blogs are still really good because we're servicing two di- two types of different um, customers. So there's the ones that will like to watch something and then there's the researchers who will like to to read something to kind mm-hmm. of understand and, and dive deep into the website of the potential practitioner that they're going to see and, and talk to about their, their health um, and I think that's, you know, making sure that we're listening to and providing content to a few different types of consumers as well. Um, so not only doing just video, like yes, video works and it's quite powerful, but also making sure that we're servicing people who do like to read um, as well. Yeah, yeah. If we think about this podcast, uh, it will be transcribed within 24 hours and it goes to copywriters who create a blog out of it. Someone else creates the show notes. Uh, there'll be some quotes that are pulled out. Um, it will appear as a little wave audiogram somewhere at some point. Uh, and, you know, we can sort of, um, you know, build a checklist from some of the, you know, comments if we wanted to. We could build some infographics about what you just said about the website. Um, yeah, the 20, the 20 repurpose points are, are really achievable once you kind of, kind of get a little bit of knowledge to sort of know how to spin all of, all of that out. And, um, all of those assets are then, evergreen so much language that you we can keep using them um this episode whilst it has a COVID context now it'll reappear later this year it'll reappear next year because it's good you know helpful information that we can share yeah and i mean like the foundations will remain the same whether you're uh, you know in a pandemic or or not um Mm. the foundations of marketing for humans and and authenticity um, that won't change. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the 
core um, essential features that uh, allied health business owners need on their website? So a contact form that works. I'm going to go all the way back (laughs) to the beginning. Um, So the ability for someone to find out your location, to be able to make a phone call, to be able to ask a question, um, and to be able to book online. So that mm-hmm. actually moves across multiple generations of booking who, are, you know, if yes, we are yeah. online, um, but that moves across the person who will phone, the person who will submit a contact form, the person who will turn up and ask a question, um, and the person who will book online without ever wanting to talk to anybody at all. So we're, we're looking at how can we, provide the best experience for multiple different target markets um, to be able to interact with us at any point in time. Um, we've actually seen recently the chat function on websites um, mm. actually pick up within within healthcare. And I think it's um there's so many plugins and things mm. that you can do to convert it so you don't have to be online within your chat platform to receive the notification. So we've set up a few that you can actually just get ping straight away to your phone through Slack, for example. Um, And you can chat through your website to a potential client through your phone on Slack. So, you know, you you could be anywhere um, and you can choose whether to engage with that chat or not. Um, And obviously you can have like an away message and they can submit their email or phone number or something. Um, but yeah, I just think the, the, the power that that's enabled, you know, a few of our practice owners to be able to communicate directly where someone might submit a contact form and then ghost you and you'll never hear from them again. Um, that happens. So this, this instant type of communication, um, is converting much higher than what a contact form does. Yeah, I think um, that sort of instant messaging piece, we're going to see more and more and more of of um, of that. Uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. I um, submitted a query at about 5.30 last night to a person that was recommended to me and um, I thought, oh, yeah, hope, well, maybe I'll hear from him, hope so. And got the surprise of my life when about 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, I got a SMS and within 17 minutes, he was in my calendar for this afternoon. I thought, wow, that is remarkable because um, I know that we have mishandled um, contact forms from the website for tech reasons in the past. But um, yeah, it makes me wonder what he had on his side of the website to be able to be so quick and responsive. It was just such a delight to um, kind of have that next step in place within 24 hours. Yeah, I think that the challenge for that going forward is um, how do we make sure that we're not adding something else to our our level of yeah. communication that we're already already putting out there. Um, so if we can work that into systems that we've already got, um, you know, and as business owners, you do, you just go, okay, there's this, I'll quickly, let's action this. And you just kind of Bright do it on shiny. the fly. Yeah. <laughs> you just do it on the fly. See what happens. Any other uh, critical features for the website? Um, if you're playing around yourself, making sure that you've actually submitted the site 
to Google to be found and indexed. Um, that's one thing that we've found when people have gone, oh, you know, I paid for this website, but I can't find it. Um, it's not appearing anywhere. So making sure that the processes to actually be found on Google um, have been done, that's, that's a, a big one. Um, and it's also really good to have a video like on your homepage where you can actually see the practice, see, you know, learn a little bit about the people and um, the space and, and what you do through video, um, but not one that's 30 minutes long. You know, like no. I think we're talking, you know, two, two minutes, that two and a half minutes for a big introductory video. Um, yeah. And then anything beyond that, any kind of team videos, 30 seconds to a minute um, is perfect. Oh, you got business owners quaking in their boots at the thought of getting in front of the camera. Video. We actually ran, um, we ran some video workshops. Um, oh, you did too. Yeah, we did. That was such an interesting process to go through because that's right. It was. Um, it's such a confronting thing, and like even for myself, um, I went first that day just to kind of break the ice and I hadn't done it. I just set it all up and it was like, this is what we need to do. And I thought, well, I need to, I need to walk the walk right now and put myself in this same situation. Um, so I did, and you know, we had to get up there and, and talk in front of lighting and there was a green screen behind us and there was a, a production like channel nine camera in, in our faces. <laughs> and um, it was, <laughs> You know what? It was such a such an amazing experience to go through. Um, that I mean, when we can, I think we should do it again because it was just something that yeah. um, you walked away with these these videos. Um, but more so, the skills, the skills to to get out of a corner when you're in it, when you're on like something, you know, when you're on video and you don't know the answer to the question that you've just been asked. Like it comes back to you know, media training almost like it was, um, it was such a great process to go through. Yeah. But what, what's also lovely is that there's been a casualization of, um, of video and messaging as well, I guess, largely through, through Facebook and it's been dialed up through, through COVID that, um, you know, some of the most, um, wonderful people that I listen to, uh, in their house, they've got the stairs behind them, you know. I'm thinking yep. of um, Simon Sinek, you know, very, very low low key, other people that I, I follow as well. So there are permissions now that f- for certain messages, for certain reasons, you can just literally make sure your arms are strong enough and yep. that you're smiling in the right direction. And, yeah, um, and you don't walk you into know, something. Correct, that you can very much give it a go. Give yeah. it a go. And you don't have to go straight to Facebook Live. You know, you can sort of have a couple of takes on, on a video and, and pop that up um, as well. Certainly on social media, there is tolerance for that casualization. Perhaps on a website, you might want something a little a little more sophisticated. But yeah, the but rules I mean, seem I to be think... fading fast at oh, the moment. very, very quickly. <laughs> and I mean, you know, the, the power of, of having a, a camera built into your your phone and the ability to get messages out there instantly through Instagram stories and Facebook stories and things mm. like that, um, where the content expires after a certain period of time. It's, um, it's such an amazing way to communicate. And I think the generation coming through will be comfortable in front of a camera already. 
they're not going to have that that issue of oh my god I'm going to be on camera because they've always been on camera. It's it's going to be such a a really cool. Where shift. is the camera? Yeah, <laughs> where are my angles? You know, like they're just kind of looking for for whatever they can put out there. So it's going to be very interesting to see what what quality and and what creativity we see in content um, coming up mm. in the next few years. Yeah. I'm forever thankful that some of my lives and whatever's just disappear after 24 hours. That is absolutely the best place for so many of them. But good fun, good fun. Yeah. So once you get working with business owners, what what are the outcomes? What what happens business-wise for them and what happens for them as, you know, a bit more personally perhaps? Yeah, I think our biggest impact is is saving time. Um, we're essentially giving time back and that's, um, that's one of our biggest, um, benefits to, to working with us. And the biggest benefits that we've seen is that, you know, we're literally giving time back, um, to the business owner to be able to either work in the practice, depending on their circumstances, um, or to be able to handball. And I think that's, that's our biggest benefit. Um, I mean, obviously we're there we're being paid so we're there to to get a return on investment you know we're not we're not mm-hmm. there to just kind of do pretty things like we need to be able to quantify everything that we do um so we see our biggest return on investment through email still um wow. through, through bookings generated through sending yeah. emails um and i mean the things that we do like at the moment we're focusing on you know, how do we stand out um, in the GP market? How do we how do we position practitioners to actually stand out and be heard amongst everyone else? So we're doing some really cool things in that space. Um, and again, like that's you don't, you don't kind of we don't charge for that. That's that's very much built into the services that we already provide. Um, how do we continue to add value? Um, so whether you know we need to create a new brochure or get creative with sending a gift box with branded items or, or whatever mm. that looks like. Um, yeah, it's just continually trying to push the envelope in, in terms of what is traditional healthcare marketing. Um, and at a social level, um, that's very much organically, so without doing advertising, um, it's very much a branding process and community engagement um, is what we do is what we do there. Um, so at a business level, the benefits to that is, you know, we're constantly keeping in contact with, with your Facebook followers or Instagram followers and um, you're always active and, and seem to be kind of providing value all the time. Um, so whether that's through articles or blogs or team member profiles or, you know, a new um, service that you're offering or a new product that you'd like to feature, um, that, that's really where you know we kind of keep that that engagement happening um for you and then obviously on the website um we're almost like the um the teacher where we're like okay well this is this is what we need from you this is the due date so it's just kind of keeping you on track and accountable for for content so the biggest issue that we want an issue but the biggest obstacle that we have is we're not health professionals so, you know how I said earlier that was a benefit, but when it comes to creating content, we can only go so far. So, we can only yeah. go so far as to providing 
structure and ideas and editing and and a few things like that but we um we need to be able to um get your expert opinions your voice. and ideas and your voice absolutely yeah um so that's that's important we don't replace that and i don't think that outsourcing your voice is really an option it's a good thing yeah um so we pretty much just we just refine it that's that's our role we um We'll sometimes send interview questions, um, and that's a really quick, easy way for us to get content from our clinics um, because it's less confronting. They don't have to come up with a topic. You don't have to um, think of what you're going to write about. You literally just answer the questions, um, and then we turn that into something um, that then can be used in you know twenty ways. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, I guess that's the benefits that that they see. Oh, and there's even more benefits. We haven't spoken yet about Allied Health Magazine. Yes. Tell us a little bit about uh, about that. That was born um, after working with, with health professionals and, and seeing what they're doing day to day. And um, I, I am a graphic designer from way back. And um, I think I mentioned, to the, you, to mentioned this to you before, um, Every designer wants wants like some form of magazine or creative outlet that mm. they can um, that they can dive into, and for me that was a magazine, and I just never knew what that looked like. Or you know, at that point in time, we didn't need another magazine. Like there was no space for anything. And um, after working in the Allied space, I um, I thought, yeah, I'm going to do a magazine about the industry and and kind of break down the silos. And do it for the whole industry, um, because you know we've got a. There's a magazine for dietitians. There's one for physios. There's one for speech. There's one for ex phys. Um, but this one is for everybody, and we're literally learning. So physios can learn from dietitians and psychologists, and you know we're trying to just create a community that um, holistically can learn from each other, rather than you know staying within to your pocket. Their territory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's um that's how that came about, and we actually um we're now up to issue eighteen, um and it was a digital magazine to begin with, and we started getting inquiries about you know my magazine didn't arrive, um so I think there was there was some disconnect in, um somewhere along managing the line. people's expectations there winning <laughs> winning absolutely <laughs> we totally were winning at that, um you know so we decided to print it. Um, and now we, we print every, every issue. So, you know, unfortunately it won't be seen in clinics for a while, but you know, there's nothing better than the buzz of, of seeing it in a clinic Mm. on, you know, on Instagram or something like that, where we've put so much time into producing, producing something and, and we think it's beautiful and we want to just create, um, just information that's valuable for either allied health professionals. Yes. But you know, anyone can pick it up. And learn something. I think that's um, yeah. that's our biggest our biggest buzz that we get from it. Yeah. So, how do people kind of sign up and and get on that on the magazine on the magazine yeah. wagon? So, alliedmagazine.com and every digital issue is free. So, um, we we did that in March um, as a bit of a, a COVID thing. We just released everything. Um, every magazine that we've ever done, um, all the digital issues are free to download 
and um, we're just the print magazine. Um, we're still sending those out. Um, you know, issues coming out every two months. But um, jump on alliedmagazine.com and, and we also have a lot of online content that we we produce as well. Um, so, you know, any type of new news that is happening that, you know, we need to get out there faster than a print magazine, we've obviously got yeah. the ability to, to publish directly um, to our website. So we've got a number of articles um, sitting on there every week. So, yeah, it's just become, you know, it was accidental. It was totally accidental. <laughs> And I think that's where the best things come from. Like I wasn't yeah. looking for it. It wasn't planned. Um, we just kind of threw out the first issue and it got picked up. So we're like, all right, this is the thing now. So let's, let's go. Let's run with it. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for uh, jumping back in, jumping into your car first and foremost. Well, yes, that yes. has you. You have possibly won Thursday in my life <laughs> for that. Um, good to hear that you're warm and well up in Queensland, and that the house renovations are, you know, on track. These are on these track. are life goals for Victorians at the moment. <laughs> yep, living the dream in um, in Queensland at the moment. Um, Let's hope it can can stay that way. Um, we shall see. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we will include links to all of your websites and the agency and um, the magazine as well. How about you have the last parting word for some, you know, no pressure, just a little drop of marketing magic for people listening? Uh, off the cuff, Kathy. I think it's just about authenticity. There's nothing. There's nothing more that I'm talking about at the moment than, than um, just that raw honesty of you know what life is like at the moment, um, and yeah, just kind of show show that you know things are changing and and we're doing our best to adapt. Um, but just I think having that human element of if it is in your best interest, you need to stay home. Um, so just keep keep thinking. You know it. Marketing is a human-to-human interaction. So yeah, if yeah. you can just think about that and um, just really put purposeful content out there, what value can you add? Um, that's all you. That's that's a great base for you to start. Is just what value can yeah. you add um, to Helpful your, and to your friendly. audience? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. We will get you back for a chat. Uh, I think the first chat you came in for, it was like single figures in the episodes. Mm. Uh, and I don't even know what we're up to now, 100, I don't know, 50, 60, yeah. someone it would may, know. It may have been number seven or something sticks in my mind. Was it really? Something like that, Gosh. yeah. So we'll have to get you back um, later in the year when perhaps sort of marketing in the new slightly post-pandemic world is uh, is something that we're ready to entertain. So yeah, uh, that'll be amazing. We'll get you back before uh, like 150 episodes for sure. Yeah, perfect. Alrighty, stay well. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. 
And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.